In the beginning of December, something happened that caused a lot of services went offline. What happened and how you can protect yourself, we will talk more about now. Welcome to a new episode of DevSecOps Talks. So I have a question. The other day uh, I was home and I had a sick kid at home as well. You know, this is a time when you have kids at home when you're working. And then uh, my kids come back and said, I can't watch Disney+. Plus." And I'm trying to help him. And then it comes up, it was some problem with Amazon. Do you guys know anything more about this? Or I've been so deep in other things, so I haven't kept up. Yeah, so... Jordan? I heard a few things. (laughs) What have you heard? Uh, Basically, it's... A lot of people are complaining when Amazon is down. Um, it's uh, quite impressive to see how how real, like how much we rely on a single cloud provider or a single region. So, yeah, I, I'm not going to comment too too much on that because honestly, I haven't followed. There was other <laughs> other fire to put out, like uh, Log for J or things like that, but. We're not going to go into the details. Andre, what do you think about what happened? Yeah, so usually in November time frame, you have reInvent coming in, and then Amazon starts to roll a lot of stuff and usually breaks something. Uh, like last year, we actually spoke about big outage right yeah, before the reInvent when they broke Kinesis and that affected the cloud watch monitoring. Yeah. Um, last year it was episode twenty-one, surviving AWS outage. Should we call this episode surviving AWS outage in twenty twenty-one? Anyhow, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah episode twenty-one. If you want to refer, and then we boil it down to doing the cloud uh, chaos engineering, and yeah. um, through that preparing yourself to the single service outage and how you survive that. Though this time things were different. The first thing that was different, it was 7th of December, like about a week after reInvent. Uh, so the the incident happened after the reInvent, which is, well, not a big deal really in the time frame. But the severity of the incident was much higher comparing to last year. Besides, yeah. uh, it was US, US East 1, unavailable and uh, us east one is a very special region in amazon science a lot of global services actually hosted in us east one and it's like one of the oldest regions so the effects of the problems in us east one rippled through the other regions as well so people saw issues like with s3 time to time with iam in other regions so but the way it manifested itself is that you're coming to the console, to the web console, and you can't log in. Basically, say, I'm broken. Yeah. You could try to use those direct links to services, and that's a scary prospect. Yeah. So you, you, you could load, log into the dashboard into other regions. That worked fine. As yeah. soon as you're trying to switch to assist one, the delays, 500s, uh, SSO worked for some time, and then SSO went down. 
Yeah. So you couldn't log in using SSO. If people couldn't log in using root account, so you basically got locked out because of the IAM issues. If you I mean, had existing key credentials like the console key, those still yeah. worked. But okay. getting new ones was, was an issue. Logging in was an issue. Moreover, it looks like that there was some underlying issue with EC2s and everything that EC2 is powering yeah. had issues downstream. So yeah. basically, I'll be Kinesis, Kinesis pull down CloudWatch and so on and so on. So Amazon yeah. actually didn't show the incident for quite some time. And uh, it lasted for for hours. There is a there is a full breakdown of the incident by AWS and hats off to that for them for actually going public with that and doing the public post mortem. I, I think it's great for building trust and also for us to learn. But for customers, that was a surreal experience, I would say. Plus, one thing that I was I think was confusing that at some point they did a redirect from console in USS1 to USS2. And that should be very confusing for a customer. So imagine yeah. you're logging in and you do not notice that the region have changed. Yeah. But your all your EC2s are gone. Like nothing yeah, is yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Nothing is you, there. You, you just panic and, and, and then you realize it's the wrong region. So <laughs> that, 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 that would be scary because it happened to me like, oh, it looks like I could log in, but like, where is, where is the stuff? Yeah. And then I start to realize that, well, that's actually a different region, but maybe not everyone uh, so quick to figure yeah. it out. So that was bad. And but, we but, had uh, many customers affected quite badly. Yeah. But what's in- interesting is, uh, like, what exactly is a region? We're talking about a full AWS region, but yeah, yeah. So what for, does it actually mean for-, for... For people from not so involved with AWS, in AWS you have availability zone, and that's a data center. And yeah. then multiple data centers comprise the region. Yeah. So, for instance, uh, US is one. I think it has more than seven availability zones. Yeah. And, uh, all of them were unavailable. And like the strategy to dealing with outages were to be multi-AZ. Exactly. So you, so you spread your workloads between the availability zones and assume if one availability zone goes down well you just fail over to another one and uh, keep going and uh, when we discussed with customers usually the thought was that well if you if you asked one would go down the whole world will go down in flames (laughs) and and there will be like a big problem but I think most of the IT coupled with that thing quite well. Yeah. I mean, well, there, there were like problems with Amazon deliveries, Disney Plus went down, there were other services suffering. But generally, it was kind of okay, at least for, for us, not being in US. In US, people felt it much more strongly. Yeah. In Europe, not so much. Yeah. yeah so but okay. ha- have anybody heard about the region going down before? I yeah. cannot really tell. No, I don't think like in my practice I heard about because that bad. Yeah, because usually what what you do is like you pick a region, right, and then you add all your 
load into that region. So you pick a region that fits you, like uh, Europe or Sweden or the US, yeah. and then it's like this is the region, and then you add all your stuff into that region. It's, yeah, if you multi, yeah, if you multi region, then you might injury. have some in <laughs> Europe and some in the US. But this is yeah. Yeah, so oh. to add insult to injury, US West 1 and US West 2 went yeah. kind of darkish two days ago. And we are recording yeah. on 17th of December at yeah. the moment. 10 days after the first incident and a couple of days after the US West 1. And what what, what are you going to do? Like, think as a business, what would be your strategy to coupling with it? It was, uh, it was possible, but probability of that happening... For, for most of the people felt like yeah probably it's very improbable that it will happen but now yeah. we know that it might and yeah we should also you know give a credit to aws so like the, the us east one was around for how many years 10 yeah. 15 <laughs> maybe like yeah yeah and yeah. uh, which means like there is a lot of legacy yeah uh in there and you know the legacy the stuff that is really hard to touch breaks yeah, yeah. all the time if you touch it and and they're moving moving fast they deploy new services and it's still working remarkably well yeah we, we have like a big incident once a year yeah for, for me it's so really well i i think google had some kind of issue like a month ago or something like that Wasn't yeah there, there's always i i don't remember the detail of that incident oh. because honestly i confused them which is why in uh, incident management, it's good to give uh, random names to incident, mm. like blue yeah. elephant or, or those kind mm. of things, because otherwise you, you don't remember oh, which one we're idea. talking about. Yeah. Um, and and the, the thing is that we have a lot of, uh, you know, talk about, oh, should we go multi-cloud? And mm. we, we, we had a, also a talk in the pipeline about that where we discussed <laughs> Is yeah. it worth it? And mm. but before multi-cloud, there is multi-region, and with that, it's really hard to like. I, I remember go, having discussion about okay, should we do multi-region? Then we mm. did it, and to as a proof of concept, and we realized that the cost of intra-region networking was quite high. Yeah. So mm. that uh, forced us to come back to a single region, which was oh. like okay, we can. We can live with that, you know. We we yeah. we understand the risk. The, mm. This is what we accept uh, compared to the price. And then suddenly, you know, then it goes down, and you you can tell by you know how much impact it has on the business depending on your downtime. Yeah, you know, and, and suddenly it, it, when you talk money, usually management understand that very well. It's like it's going to cost that much if something goes wrong. It's going to cost that much to build it multi zone. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a very very clear numbers, uh, especially tied to money, speaks to everybody generally. Mm. So that that's a that's a really good that those outage. I mean, I don't want to say it's good that those outage happen, but it brings the discussion on the table to w- what is the best strategy here. And right. before it was kind of a more a nice to have. Now it, it becomes like yeah, we need it. Uh, if we want to maintain a, a service level agreement to our customer. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and also, you know, so the, 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 the way you talk about that with the management, it's called disaster recovery strategy, right? Yeah. 
or exactly. your business continuity plan, BCP. Yeah, exactly. This is nice. what they understand. Yeah, 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 yeah. And which is also why um, I always recommend, uh, you know, all the teams I've worked with to put all the the infra stuff into one single repo. Hmm. And the reason is when you have everything in one place, you can like deploy it to another region faster. Hmm. doesn't mean it's like fast or easy. It just means that you, you know you have one place where you need to change things. Otherwise, yeah. you're, you're there just chasing in, you know, all your repo. <laughs> where is that thing deployed? Is this good? Is it not? And, and this is where, you know, it makes a big difference uh, when you need to redeploy things like without the developer being uh, pinged or asked to do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, because th- this, th- that communication is really slow. But a pull request yeah. reviewed uh, in the same team might be much yeah. faster. Yeah, I, sug- yeah, I suggest. Hold best, on, I yeah. just suggest we ignore yeah. Julian's attempt to derail, derail the topic. With the phrase, yeah. put everything into one repository. We just ignore yeah. it. There are other ways <laughs> of achieving what uh, Julian wants to achieve, and we, we talk about that some other time. But I just want to find that now. <laughs> we are not opening this this bag of worms. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but I was thinking, I mean, multi-region is, is one solution. It's one region good down. For example, f- for me now, we have only clients in Sweden, and it's only mm. one region in Sweden with Amazon. Mm. But Google Cloud has a region as well in Sweden. That makes uh, it not uh, yet like, in Finland? No, in like Finland, more, yeah. Fin- yeah. But it does bring the cost much higher, so you would, you would have to yeah. develop for two clouds and what you understand should understand like it's not about deploying servers to some data center it's imagine like you are coding for windows and now you yeah, have yeah. to code for mac yeah, yeah yeah this is like you have you have to build two different applications to take yeah. advantage of different apis because apis are different yeah. they kind of sound the same like disk like uh input output but you communicate with them using some totally different APIs, anyhow. Yeah. So, and uh, I usually now trying to talk about that, like coding for different operating systems. So you code for yeah. cloud, you code for Mac, yeah. you code for Linux, you code for AWS. Yeah. Since you have different APIs available there, things are different. So, yeah. but about the disaster recovery, there are different disaster recovery strategies, right? So you yes. don't have to have like active active deployment. No. Things running like in parallel somehow. What you could have is you could have your primary region and then you replicate the most important data into the secondary region, making sure like your database snapshots available, like the uh, docker images available and all the other things you need. Yeah. So you could provision the rest, which is ephemeral. And if you do infrastructure as code, Theoretically, you should be able to just, you know, spin up everything, assuming you have a backups, uh, like yeah. S3 buckets replicated and all those things. So you could continue working within an hour or two. Yeah. But here, important thing is that you have not only backups, but you also have capacity reservation. So you don't need to run instances 
But if you are so clever and you're going to go to that region, thanks to think what, there will be other people doing the same, and you might yeah. run in the shortage of actual compute power to spin yeah. up your workload. So what you want to do, you don't want to like you know run them, but you might have a capacity reservation. So when you need it, it's there. Yeah, so that's you something use... to consider. That's smart. That's smart. Yeah. So, you, but but it's your uh, the software recovery here. It's like you have uh, all the. Uh, I mean, the data is there, the image is there, but it's not activated. So you can just apply your Terraform more or less to that other region, then brings up the infrastructure with your reservations more or less, so you yeah. don't get loose. And then you can stop uh, stop running things there as well. Right? Yeah, so that that I I think that would be the easiest thing for the many people. And a good thing is that actually AWS during the last year made this type of thing the way easier. So there were a couple of announcements, for instance, multi-regional uh, KMS keys. That's a big yeah. deal. So yeah. the AWS can replicate your KMS keys to another region. So then you can sync the database snapshot to another region, and you already have the key to decrypt yeah. it, which makes it like super yeah. easy, right? You don't need to, before that, you would have to have like two separate keys with the policies to allow one region to decrypt and then re-encrypt. Yeah. It was a mess. I did that. It was a mess. Now it's like a yeah. checkbox. And then everything works. Then you have the That's ECR smart. replication. It also was added this year. Ah, so cool. ECR can replicate images across regions and across accounts as well. Super useful. S3 replication was there a long time. And like with those three, yeah. Well, you got most of what I can think about. Then you have yeah. like DynamoDB. That one you can make global. And uh, then you have Route 53 with geo proximity and the uh, weighted routing. So you could select where the stuff is going. There is also like a global accelerator that could hide your things behind it. And you have two static IPs. And behind that, you could switch stuff around. So there are actually a lot of tools available now to do things multi-regional, and you don't, you might don't even need to have connectivity between those regions, so the information don't need to go both ways. If you can make your data layer somehow work, right? Yeah. But you need you need a top layer, right, to to not go down like your Route Fifty Three and your external IP. You need to be able to move them to the new region, at least the DNS, so you can point yeah, the traffic so, to new. Yeah, region. I actually been thinking about that. So I think what is smart to do is to get your DNS managed somewhere. So what you could have is you can have like internal domains, so intermediate domains managed in Route 53. Yeah. But then your top domain that customer actually go to, that one might actually be sitting somewhere in. Uh, in Cloudflare or some other yeah. big big player. So yeah. if console is not available, you can still can go to Cloudflare and switch between the, yeah. between the DNS names per region, right? Yeah, yeah. So that would be, yeah. I think, smart move, maybe. And also, like DNS yeah. provider going down, you still have caches for quite some time, so they have a they have a time to recover. That will not hit exactly. you away. Yeah. No. Uh, and DNS provider are 
feels that they are easier to run, right? You just answer the, the queries more or less. I mean, I haven't seen a DNS query go down for a long well, time. There's a lot of guest complications in many craft, right? So it might look easy, from I would say, yeah. but there was probably some, you know, when people use uh, DNS for attack amplification, for DDoSing, stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like making huge DNS queries and pushing IP address to crash someone. You, you have to work with that, right? With all yeah, type yeah. of spikes when people run gigabit of traffic through the servers. <laughs> so running your own DNS server for yourself may be not so complicated. But like no, no you want to have them at some, some global right yeah. uh, provider. But yeah, that's that's one of the good steps here, man. Moving your way into your infrastructure to another player, right? Moving away from... Uh, from maybe a region to, to more. Yeah, so having multiple regions and having a way to switch between them. So yeah. that's something to think about. I think chaos engineering is still on the table, but yeah. that's more like to test a single services going down. And this is more like, you know, when, uh, when you know what keep the fun. Yeah, but isn't it interesting? It's starting more and more like chaos, you check your services, yeah. And then it was like, you thought, yeah, your service is going down. And then you go up to your ACs, like, well, ACs, AC really going to get good down? Mm. Yeah, that happened for a long time. And then EC started to failing. And it's like, well, it's fine. I still have this region. I have three ACs, so I'm, I'm yeah. fine. And now, actually, region as well, it's, it, it has happened. So, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it just makes us better professionals, right? So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We build like more resilient applications considering more stuff. And the good thing here is that it made customers ask for that, right? If customer yeah. is not asking, if they're not ready to pay, the, yeah. Uh, yeah, we could do that for our own engineering sake, but it wasn't like a benefit in the eyes of the business, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, don't fix it if it's not broken. Yeah, if, if it's not hurting people. Uh, it wasn't. And even now, I mean, what is the probability of the US is one going down again? <laughs> Don't now say that, man. Now it's probably even less. I, I mean, the bullet doesn't strike to the same place twice, is it? It's <laughs> <laughs> some other play. Uh, I, I remember back in the days, we have like co-locations, right? Physical mm. service in a physical yeah. place, right? And the lightning struck one of the co-locations and just take down the whole data center. Mm. Uh, they had backup we generated, but the, the, the spike just killed something, right? Mm. Uh, the problem was that we had uh, our uh, access at one place, right? That yeah. main cluster. So everything was still running on the secondary, but we could not access. Yeah, this is was the issue here also. So like we spoke about DNS, right? Yeah. But then also accessing stuff. Yeah. I am bound down. That's kind of nightmarish scenario. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. then you can't access anything unless you were lucky and you had like temporary keys or static keys somewhere that could yeah. still work. <laughs> I have uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I managed to get in actually. Yeah. <laughs> like through 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 some ways. But, but what, what what can you do, man? Isn't this I remember when we had problems with like DNS before, it's like no, it's it's out of our hands now. The DNS is you're waiting for it to accept. It's just better go for lunch, right? Oh. Instead of just trying to get in your service. Like, no, this is an arrow. We, we can't do anything with it. It's out of my hands here. I'm just going to go for lunch, man. 
And then yeah. at least I have, have a full body and I, I'm, I'm happy and can come back to work when it's uh, when I'm ready later, man. But well, in I, think, this I think it depends on your SLA to your customers, right? So yeah. if you if you promised if you B two B and you promised other businesses to being available, yeah. then uh, you probably need to have a way of doing so and not going for lunch. But if yeah. your service is you know showing kittens and the maps and you're out <laughs> for an hour, that's important stuff, man. Don't. Mm. And also the the monitoring stack m- might yeah. be a good idea. Like I, I've seen uh, places where the the monitoring is on the same cluster as the production stack. But, but so look, AWS had the same. They are hosting their own monitoring themselves. And yeah, exactly. Time yeah. Row, it's going dark. <laughs> no one knows what's going on. Exactly, you're blind, <laughs> and, and yeah. that's just as bad. It's more like well, that that you can go to lunch because there is absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> the good thing is AWS, they are so big, so t- Twitter will tell them faster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. You just wait for a hashtag. Yeah. You're done. yeah, yeah. By the way, yeah, while, 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 while we're on the topic, that's not, what, what you're going to hear next is not an advertisement, yeah. but I found the service, and I can, we're kind of using that in the multiple projects, and I'm generally happy with that. So you know Pingdom, right? Yeah, yeah. You know PagerDuty? Yes. You know, status page. Right? Yes. Yeah. How about putting all three of them into one service so you don't have to integrate them? That's nice. That's a good idea, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. So there is a, there is a company called uh, Better Uptime, and they, they offer exactly that. Yeah. So they, they ping your endpoints, they provide you with a web, uh, with a status page. Yeah. And they, they manage incidents. They call you. They have app and everything you can have. So adaptations. Cool. And it's like way cheaper. Oh, so, good. Nice. So, so if you take it, basically, if you take something like Victrops, which is now like Splunk on call, yeah. I think it is. Basically, I sort of the price of that. Yeah. So, uh, just, just what they're doing, like Pingdom is checking the uptime for your. For your yeah. service, it's pingdom, right? And yeah. you can have like checks for that they're up, but they can have more advanced as well, right? And then yeah, so, page- so, the, so the, the pingdom they have, like they kind of have a status page now, but it looks so, yeah. so ugly that you don't want to see it. And, uh, <laughs> but then the page you do is in Victor Optin, like handling your own call, right? You have a schedule and then call the first one and yeah. then. If that guy is asleep or drunk, he goes to the next one, and then it takes a handle this all internet alerting. Well, okay. yeah, and also you have a status yeah. page for the public communication, and you yeah. have to like you know integrate all, all the three services together. And that's kind of pain yes. in the back. But yeah, the better of times, I like I think it's a startup that appeared this year, so there are a lot of things missing still. So if you're comparing to Pingdom, yeah. they just do the you know the basic monitoring, like the basic pings, like they can do pause, they can do authorization. But they, for instance, they don't yeah. have Selenium scripts like Pingdom has. So you cannot yeah. click through the web page. They don't have more yeah. advanced things. I think they're going to add it. There is like no such thing yeah, like yeah, yeah, a yeah. SNS integration, for instance, for alerting. But okay. I think they're going to add it. But they do have some clever ideas. But one thing that I really like they have, and I don't think I saw it before, probably other services have it, but I just haven't used those services. It's the first time I see it. So when there is an incident and when they see a recovery, so like for instance, they're pinging something, something starts to respond, 
yeah. they do a recovery window, like recovery validation. So like they wait okay. for five, six minutes to see if it goes bread again. Ah, and nice. keep one incident open instead of multiple incidents. Oh, because, yeah, like, yeah. Some of the services, they do it all the time. You just get like a bunch of incidents, but it's like the same thing, just blinking. Yeah, yeah, you, you get that from PagerDuty. I think we will have pinged them. Then you get like a... And usually like it's more servicing tipping at the same time, right? So you get like 200 SMS and 200 incidents, and then you have to close them all, right? From that. Yeah, and the thing is like here they integrate it and they can manage it more nicely together, right? The nice. the pager duty cannot really know that it's the same incident because it just reacts on what Pingdom says. Yeah, yeah. Ah, cool, so, cool. So if you if you have some home and the, the, they have like a generous free plan, so if you if you need something mm. for your home pro- project, that's actually quite a good thing to try out. Nice. Nice. So I think it's a good it business model to, to. But this take. also, I think this is a nice tweak as well because I mean. You can't really protect yourself from things going down, right? But what you can work in is like it's reacting when it goes down, right? Yeah. And the good monitoring is the way that we know that things are working. Yeah, and another thing they have, which I haven't seen before, and I think it's also a good idea, they give you a webhook, and that's they call it heartbeat. So, for instance, you have yeah. a cron job, right? They give you a her, uh, the webhook, and the better up time expects you to call that webhook. Oh, okay, a certain cool. interval of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you're not calling, it considers your cron job or whatever type of job you have yeah. failing. Nice. So that's actually uh, quite a good but, idea because I have like tons of those jobs and, and they all now, yeah. you know, shit their status to Slack. And like I, I check yeah, yeah, every yeah. day Slack to see <laughs> that everything actually went smoothly and it's still there. Yeah. And this is like a different way of doing that and I kind of like it. Uh, Something to consider so, for, for the provider. The, the big question, are they running multi-region or multi-cloud here? Or? I have no idea. They, they, were, <laughs> they, 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 they were working while AWS was down. So that's oh, one that's thing right. I know. It was another region, man. It was on the Frankfurt region. Right? Yeah, but they're like a startup. We saw like the instances where they like, you check the log of the incident and they say like, well, failed to call due to the carrier issues. Yeah. So they send you email. Well, you can have the app. They send the yeah. push request or like the push notification. But uh, yeah, time to time things happen. And they are startup. What, what yeah. do you expect? <laughs> I think it's good. So and the last recommendation, I mean, from uh, from outreach going on, I see that multi-region, that's a big step. For, 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 I it's think, getting like, easier. Right? Yeah, yeah. getting easier, but it's a big step. But good monitoring, so you know that you're down. You can't. Uh, we're not that big, so Twitter will announce us saying that, "Oh, you're down." I mean, good monitor and monitor your monitoring. I mean, that's yeah. a key as well, right? Knowing that your monitor are actually working from external, it's, it's good. Yeah, yeah like yeah. Prometheus does with a dead man switch. I think like a similar yeah. concept. It's supposed to be like you know turning the pings there, and if it doesn't, you can consider it dead. Yeah. But also, like, the, the path from uh, alerts, because we had, like, uh, we had the monitoring, and then the mail server went down. So the monitoring couldn't, like, oh, the mail server's down. Oh, I can't send my alerts. Like, okay. Then yeah, you... but, yeah, I think one thing that we actually haven't brought up and probably should is uh, is a tiering, right? So you have uh, yeah. tiers of importance. Uh, for yeah. instance, if your 
some web page showing some additional information is not showing up or showing the wrong information, that's not so bad, right? But yeah. if your primary cash flow is disturbed, this is the problem because business losing money. Yeah. Otherwise, it might lose reputation. But you have to consider what's more important right yeah. here. So, and then the same with security. You identify what is your most important information. You protect that the most. You protect yeah. the rest the lesser comparing to your risks. The same yeah. here. You you find what's important and what's not important. You focus less on that or maybe even shut it down and have less things to worry about. Yeah. yeah. Julian, any last words? I think you summed it up uh, perfectly. It's monitor your monitoring, you know, go easy if it's something you can do. And just, just, just run the numbers, like make, make, go, go, go start small and and see how much it costs and is it worth it and talk to the business. I I think the communication with the businesses is really important. Yeah. I think I think this episode will go right before the Christmas. Yeah. So let's use the opportunity and wish everyone a happy Christmas wherever you are, wherever <laughs> yeah. you celebrate. Well, if Christmas <laughs> is not your thing, whatever is the next celebration is ahead of you. We wish you happy <laughs> that thing. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. And with that, thank you for listening. Stay tuned. Bye bye. You have been listening to the DevSecOps podcast with Matthias, Andre, and Julian. For more podcast and notes go to the webpage devsecops.fm. Thanks for tuning in.